This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here comes the last DJ. Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, the savage one, Mr. Tony Spark. Tony, how you doing today? Hey, doing pretty good, man. A little disappointed, actually very disappointed that my abs lost last night. Now we trail. We're one game away from elimination. Our oh, no. backs are against the wall. Yep, we've lost three straight. We lost in overtime last night. So now... We go back to the great state of Nevada. We play game six, and it's now must win all the way through. So uh, hopefully we can force the game seven back to Colorado. But if not, I mean, if you're going to lose to somebody, at least it's my home state, Nevada. So there you go. Uh, not that I want that to happen. And then uh, uh, Jokic of the Nuggets last night got the uh, first ever MVP. So he, no Nuggets ever got an MVP before. So uh, that was cool. pretty awesome. And yeah, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> what, pretty are you gonna, good. what are you going to do after uh, hockey and basketball season's over? Yeah, focus on the Broncos. I was going to say. because hey, Bronco time, yeah. Yeah, the Rockies aren't uh, necessarily on your no. radar right now. for. Uh... <laughs> no, well, and baseball, baseball, you can't really get hyped up until about mid, mid to late August. I mean, we got the All-Star game coming to Denver, which is cool. Uh, there's a softball game, uh, JoJo, uh, that, with the 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 little girl Jojo Siwa, yeah Siwa, she's coming to Denver to play in a celebrity game. So the that's human fun. glitter bomb. Yep, the human glitter bomb. <laughs> it's funny you say like on the birthdays today too. Had no idea I was today's years old when I realized that Michael J. Fox, Marty McFly is the same age as my dad. Really crazy. <laughs> Never put that together. Blow your mind till today. Yeah. Also. Happy birthday to Lacey's uh, other husband, Johnny Depp. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> and then Mike, ironically enough, Mike's uh, growing up uh, nemesis was Wes Scantlin of Puddle of Mud. He used yeah, to play football with him as a kid. Said he was a real dick. So <laughs> happy birthday to Puddle of Mud there. Huh? He, he seemed that way. Well, folks, yeah, well, he says big time dick. Let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host. You know, Tony, there is so many exciting things happening on Mars right now with the uh, rovers and the mm. drones. What do you think is the most exciting thing that they could find up there during their exploration? Super Grover flying around. It's Super Grover! <laughs> ah! 
No, it would be great if they found, like, uh, they've already found some hints of water. It'd be cool to find, like, a life form. Like, I don't know, like like a creature or something up there. I think that'd be neat. Okay. But, what about produce? Let's find out. <laughs> What's that? What about produce? That would be weird, but it'd be interesting. <laughs> well, that goes to say that amid immense interest in space exploration and the presence of life beyond Earth, people were left in a frenzy after a New York Times report claimed fields of watermelons found on Mars. Although the American news organization was quick to delete the article, calling it an error, it didn't stop netizens from having a blast online. On Tuesday afternoon, the article appeared on site, uh, attributing the claim to the police, saying, Authorities say rise of fruit aliens is to blame for glut of outer space watermelons, read the story, which was deleted less than an hour later. However, it got Googled, uh, indexed on Google. The FBI declined to comment on reports of watermelons raining down, but confirmed that kiwis have been intercepted. This story is terribly boring. The story read according to screenshots going viral across social media platforms. Watermelon tastes good, police say, the report added. It got further attention when a journalist posted screenshots of the deleted story. A former employee guessed that it might have been some back-end error while testing out some new feature on the website, and it might have gotten published by mistake. Well, turns out he was right. According to a report by Futurism, a spokesman for the New York Times clarified it was meant for just testing purposes. Earlier today, a a mock article intended for a testing system was published on our site in error. The spokesperson was quoted. The article has since been removed. So, uh, sadly, folks, no watermelons on Mars. Hate to burst your bubble. Oh, good for you. Uh, It's too bad. I like melons, man. I, I like them. I like them big. I like them round. I like when they're juicy in the summertime. They're just fantastic. <laughs> oh, especially when they're uh, Mars watermelons, you know. Yes, from... Mars watermelons. I'm hoping that they're green, you yep, know. Yep, those foreign like, melons. Tri- <laughs> tri- triple stack those melons, Total Recall style. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Unfortunately, no Total Recall happening on Mars, at least as of yet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is fun when things like that appear, and especially on that, a... Yeah. You know, a legitimate news site as far as legitimacy goes. It would be weird. Like, if let's say they really did find watermelons on Mars. Like, who the hell is going to try that? Like, who's going to be like, well, if that's watermelons on Mars, I guess we're going to have the rover bring it back with the SpaceX. And, uh, Jim, you going to try some of this uh, Mars watermelon, see if it's all organic, all natural? Well, <laughs> They'll have a Martian barbecue. There you go. Mm. Slice it up. Have some yeah. wedges. So. In any case, folks, you know, it is Wednesday. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? Hump Day! Yeah! It is Hump Day, and as we do on Wednesdays, we've got Words Are Hard. Always hard. Absolutely. We're revisiting one of our favorite segments, The Phoenix Tank, where we explore Kickstarter gadgets, see if Tony would be willing to invest. And then we round out the day with This Day in History. Folks, do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. Subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. 
from the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And, uh, you know, we talk about it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe uh, you know that they've discovered watermelon on Mars. Maybe cantaloupe. Maybe honeydew. Who knows? Exactly. The Phoenix line. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is Wednesday, and as we like to do on Wednesdays, we explore the English language, the oddities that it creates, and some of the intricacies that uh, you know people just struggle with. On a segment I like to call "Words Are Hard." So today, Tone, you know what? I think I'm going to help you with some of your travel planning. We're going to be looking at some uh, fun town names and how they ended up Yay! getting those names. And, uh, you know, maybe... I like turtles. Yeah, maybe you want to visit one uh, on your next uh, vacation. So uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping... I'm, uh, as long as we can get it uh, pronounced right, let's do it. <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, maybe you want to uh, take a nice road trip to Accident, Maryland. Rumor has it that this Maryland town got its name because a land speculator marked it off by accident. Still, if you're suspicious or superstitious, stay far away. You wouldn't want to risk suffering a freak accident while in accident and then having to deal with your friends making that joke for the rest of your life. Yeah, I had this accident where I pooped my pants in Accident, Maryland. I was stuck <laughs> in traffic and, uh, well, I just, I just had an accident in accident. There you go. Well, let's keep moving on with words are hard. Fun town names, for instance, you know, maybe this one was named after a, uh, a stage in a video game. You know, there was master level, pro level, and then finally you can visit Bacon Level, Alabama. Let's be honest, if there was one state where we would, want to ex where we would expect a town to have this name, well, it would be Alabama. How the name Bacon Level came about is uncertain, but we'd like to assume that it was literal and that the townspeople simply loved high levels of bacon. The unincorporated community is near Roanoke and has its own bacon-level Baptist church. So, praise Jesus and eat some pork. Yeah, man, well, forget considering Melbourne, Florida, man. I might have to go to bacon, bacon level. Yeah. Bacon level, Alabama. Oh, that, that's the highest of all the levels, right? Bacon level? Yeah, it is. It's the the ultimate, ultimate baconatorist of towns. <laughs> well, let's keep rolling on. Talking words are hard. 
Here's another one I would like to visit, though, uh, you know, maybe uh, not because of the Joker or the Riddler, but uh, Batcave, North Carolina. Sounds like a place for Batman and Robin to hang out, but in reality, this unincorporated community in western North Carolina got its name from the variety of bats that make their home in a cave on Blue Rock Mountain. And it's not just any cave, it's North America's largest known granite fissure cave protected by the Nature Conservancy. Public hiking has been discontinued on the property in an effort to prevent the spread of white noise syndrome in the bats. But if you're looking for a silly photo op, it may still be worth hitting up this town within a half hour's drive of Asheville, North Carolina. You visiting uh, Bat Cave, Tony? I'm Batman. You're damn right. I'll get my cowl on and everything. There you go. Well, uh, let's keep rolling on, and words are hard. While Batcave may be one that you do want to visit, this one is certainly one you might not want to. It's Bitter End, Tennessee. We want to imagine a lonely blues singer making up the lyrics to a song by this name and deciding to name his plot of land like this. Sadly, nobody knows how this melancholic name came to be or whether a blues singer was involved. Bitter End is located near Smoky Mountains National Park, so there's a chance it's not all bitterness in this town. But yeah, I don't think I'd want to get to the bitter end in Tennessee. Nope, it's the end of the line at the bitter end, Tennessee. I lost my life in the bitter end. <laughs> Maybe it was just some uh, suicidal uh, prospector who uh, figured, you know what? I own this land. I'm, uh, I'm just going to call it. Bitter, we're calling it the bitter end. I'm going to die here. It's the bitter end. All right, uh, let's keep moving on. Words are hard. Oh, Tony, they named this one just for you in West Virginia. It's the town of Booger Hole. Booger Hole. <laughs> it seems that the town name of Booger Hole morphed out of the term boogeyman. People used that nickname in the early 1900s to describe a thank Thank you, mysterious figure. Okay, that seems like a typo. Responsible for a spate of murders and disappearances. Townspeople who were wary of the fear and trepidation in their community formed the Clay County Mob and posted notice in the newspaper stating they intended to drive murder and mayhem out of their community. The announcement said in part, We have pledged our lives to drive these people from our county or kill them. If before you leave there is any stealing, killing, or burning, we will get the bloodhounds and detectives and run you to the ends of the earth. That put an end to the violence, but the mysterious tales and the town's name remain. Uh, so yeah, Booger Hole, West Virginia. You visiting? I hear it's Yeah, I hear it's really green most times of the year, and I hear the people are really snotty. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. very beautiful, but uh, you know, hard to pick yeah. out of a map. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you just flicked yourself there, you might you might hit the hole just right. Exactly, but uh, yeah. That was a stretch right there. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you don't run up any against any, uh, you know, crusty uh, citizens. So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep rolling on with words that are hard. <laughs> Not somewhere I would necessarily want to visit, but uh, it exists. Boring, Oregon. Even though there is also a town named Boring in Maryland and Tennessee, this Oregon town takes the price for... Uh, Again, typos. People editing. For uh, taking its unfortunate name with stride. The town uses the tagline, an exciting place to live. It is also a sister city to Dole, Scotland, and Bland, Australia. 
Despite what you may infer, the town wasn't named because of its lack of things to do, but instead was named after a Union soldier, William Harrison Boring, who owned land there. Still, I don't know. Sounds kind of like a snooze fest. Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to think Carson City was Boring Town, USA. Boring, Nevada. Apparently, yeah, I thought it was. I mean, as an adult, not so much, but uh, as a kid... So who who knows? I might like if I if I want to wax nostalgia, maybe I'll go to Oregon. There you go. Apparently, boring is an exciting place to live. Yeah. How's your life? Boring. (laughs) No, it's exciting, but it's boring. In boring. Let's keep rolling on. Words are hard. Here's one that uh, hopefully they explain how it got its name. Next time you visit Bug Tussle, Kentucky. Okay. Bug Tussle may have the most country name in the U.S., and let's just say the competition for that honor is tough. As the story goes, the town got its name because seasonal workers who came to help farms during harvest slept in stacks of hay that were infected with doodle bugs. Trust us. Doodle bugs? They are not as cute as their name would suggest. The workers are rumored, rumored to have complained that the bugs were getting so big they were having to tussle with them for sleep space. If this story makes you never want to visit Bug Tussle, we don't blame you. I wouldn't want to visit either. Bug Tussle USA, we're going to have some camping fun. We got doodle bugs and love bugs. You're going to have a good old time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep rolling on. Words are hard. Not quite sure which way to go with this. Maybe the euphemism, maybe the hostess treat, but uh, either way, you can visit Ding Dong, Texas. According to legend, a practical joke led to this town's name. Bert and Zulis Bell founded the town in the 1930s and operated a country store. They needed a sign, so they hired a painter to create one for their store. Another store owner urged the painter to play a joke. He suggested painting two bells on the sign with Bert's name on one and Zulis's name on the other and adding the words Ding Dong underneath. The painter followed his lead, finished the sign, and the bells put it up. From then on, townspeople called the place Ding Dong. The unincorporated community is situated on the Lampasas River, eight miles south of Colleen in central Texas. You going to visit Ding Dong, Texas next time you're there, Tone? Uh, yeah, I'll get right on it. Uh, it would have been funny if Ding Dong, Texas was found by Bert and Ernie. I was hey, thinking Bert. the same thing. Bert, eat it. We need some Ding Dongs. I can't do a good Ernie voice. It's more like, it's more like Kermit the Frog a little bit. Uh, Ernie's voice is kind of like that. <laughs> Only a little more like that, Bert. different. Yeah. Slightly different, yeah. <laughs> Bert, we're going to make glove tonight in Ding Dong, right? <laughs> Well, let's keep exploring fun uh, town names here on Words Are Hard. Not sure I want to visit this place, but uh, maybe the Yendras know of it. It's Funk, Nebraska. We'd like to report that this town got its name because its, funky, its funk simply could not be contained. Sadly, the reality is much less interesting as it was simply named after early settler Philip C. Funk, not Philip J. Fry. Philip J. Fry, huh? Still, we can only hope that the residents of the town take the opportunity to walk down the street listening to Uptown Funk, Funky Town, or any other funk song. Have you been there, Tone? Visiting the Yendras? What the, what the funk? No, but if it's if it smells like funky Philip J. Fry, then uh, I've driven past it in Oogalala. <laughs> Smelt the funk. Oh, there's many towns. Oogalala. Get, get that name. 
All right, and then finally here on uh, Fun Town Names, on Words Are Hard. I guess the uh, last place anybody would want to visit, Hell, Michigan. It turns out Hell ah. isn't in the underworld, but a mere 15 miles from Ann Arbor. We can't really decide if this town is trying to be metal or if it's trying to warn you to turn back and run away as fast as you can. The townspeople also don't seem to know. Theories about the origin of the name go to both extremes. One says it comes from the German word for bright. Another says that Western settlers hated it because of the mosquitoes and impenetrable forests of the area. We may never know the truth, but uh, certainly if you want to, you can visit hell. Go to hell, Michigan. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I thought you were going to mention Purgatory, Colorado. Oh, Been there camping. It was weird. I bet it's on the list. It is huh? on the list, but sadly, yeah, we didn't it, have. It does exist. I've actually been there. Yeah, we didn't have enough time to get to it, but maybe we'll revisit this on a future. Words are hard, folks. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we've got another edition of the Phoenix Tank exploring Ooh. Kickstarter gadgets. Don't go anywhere. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show and we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now, uh, you can also enjoy us, enjoy us, enjoy us from the the comfort of your couch, in your home, or on the go with the NGBN.TV app. Just download the application on your smart TV or mobile device. Again, that's the NGBN.TV app. And uh, you can get this great Phoenix Media Show and all the other Phoenix Media Shows as well within that. So, again, if you're sitting on the couch, want to find something fun to watch, this or other Phoenix Media Shows. Now, if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. I didn't mean to hit that. I apologize. How dare you? Don't execute order 66. I went to scroll down and I clicked one button. Again, I was going to give you a prop for you. I was going to. There you go. I was going to give you that at the end, not, not during. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Tony Spark. That's S P A R K 81, or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81. Now, in this segment, we're revisiting an old favorite uh, where we take a look at some of the Kickstarter gadgets and products that are out there. Find out if Tony would be willing to invest with a segment I like to call the Phoenix Tank. I was sort of expecting the uh, Phoenix sound there. <laughs> oh, well. Ah, yeah. <laughs> All right. First up on the Phoenix tank. Let's go ahead and pull this up. Tony is the Fingerbot Plus, the ultimate robot to automate everything. They are seeking $20,000 goal, which they have far exceeded at this point for $201,334. Here's the explanation of what the Fingerbot Plus is. It says, from telling bulbs to change colors to turn off a smart socket on your phone, smart controls have made our lives much easier. 
but there are also scenarios where a modern smart solution is expensive, troublesome, or even cannot be found. These traditional devices have one thing in common. They all have buttons and switches for your fingers to control. To this end, we created FingerBot Plus to help you smartly control 99% of existing buttons and switches and eventually give you smart control over your appliances. Now for uh, $25, you can get an early bird single unit, or uh, let's see, for $60, you can get a twin kit. And essentially what this is, is a smart device that pushes a button for you. How lazy do you have to be? Yeah, it's a button pushing a button. And you know what, Christian? I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no for me, bud. Not investing because that is just straight lazy. Like, I I admire the smart, uh, you know, the smart plugs where you download the app. Um, I use them to turn on the lights uh, and stuff. I set timers so that way, you know, if I'm not home from work, when I get home, at least the lights are already on and all that good stuff. And they don't run all day. They just come on at a certain time. They shut off at a certain time. And I just have to touch one button if I want to shut it off early. And that's open up my app on my phone and shut it off. I don't need to go to this device and press a stupid button. <laughs> and I think the ultimate irony here is that there is a button to turn on the button pushing button. <laughs> Even worse. There's a lot of buttons. I mean, it's got a cool name, Fingerbot. When you want to bang with friends, Fingerbot, you're going to press a damn button. Fingerbot, you want to be a lazy asshole. Fingerbot. Fingerbot, so now need- available on Amazon. Needless to say, you're out. I'm out, yeah. All right. Well, maybe that's not for you, but uh, perhaps this next one is. <laughs> Uh-oh. This looks is like called... a submarine, man. It totally looks like a submarine. This is called the Chicken Stone. It, uh, yeah, it is. They were seeking a goal of $6,500. Again, have exceeded mm. that at this point with $61,213. Tony, looking at the picture, what would you assume that it is? It looks like a uh, woman's plaything. <laughs> It does look that way, and of course, if you watch the Looks video, it's very, very up, large, and in charge. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of like the magic school bus wants to go traveling in uh, Clitty Town. <laughs> well, the Chicken Stone is not that, even though it looks that way. The Chicken Stone is a beautiful new tool that makes yeah, it quicker. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful big green. Yep, it's Kermit. <laughs> makes it quicker and easier to roast a delicious whole bird, up to fifty percent quicker. It sits inside the chicken during cooking, infusing the meat with any blend of flavors that you dream up. There's nothing better than the company of family and friends, especially now. And there's one iconic meal that always brings us together, whatever the occasion. Now you can take that classic to a whole new level. And Tony, you can get your own chicken stone, let's see, for uh, $56, which is the uh, opening price. Or you can get uh, two sizes for $118. It does slide inside of a right raw turkey, not turkey, uh, chicken. Yeah, <clears throat> helps I bet cook it. It does, but it slides right in. <laughs> Tony, is the chicken stone something that you're going to be picking up? Hi, friends. Looking for a fun barbecue? Well, come over to the Spark household where I have the chicken stone. Yes, it looks like a big giant green dick, but I promise you, this thing cooks your chicken real quick. Chicken stone, not brought to you by the Spark Network. Um, yeah. No, dude, that thing would be so distracting. A, it, like, just based on picture, I don't know the actual size of this thing, but like, it could look like a couple things, right? 
could look like a bomb, like a like a little pipe to smoke the MJ right out of the giant wang danger. Like <laughs> nothing about that screams like he cooks chicken. I just no. I see a submarine and a giant penis at the end of the submarine. So no. Oh. Yeah, it might cook a delicious delicious chicken, but it's not something I necessarily think I'd want no. sitting in and, my kitchen cabinets. No, and you know what I would do for fifty six bucks? I would probably save my money and put that towards a Traeger grill or something. Something there you go. That actually works well, you know. While that's more pricey, I would probably take that money, invest it in something a lot better than chicken stone. Well, maybe you won't be investing in that, but perhaps you'll be investing in this. It is that- the importance of being earnest documentary they're seeking a goal of sixty thousand dollars so far i've raised thirty one thousand six hundred eighty eight somehow the button pushing button raised a hundred eighty thousand dollars more than its goal but this was only halfway there something's wrong with this picture needless to say uh. <laughs> through nine feature films an emmy award-winning tv show and thousands of television commercials ernest p Worrell became a beloved comedy icon Originally created as an advertising character, Ernest transcended these humble beginnings to become an unexpected hit, given life through the creativity of an indispensable team of artists, as well as through the unparalleled talent of Jim Varney. Today, two uh, two decades after Varney's death, both Ernest and Jim seem to endure largely as pop culture footnotes, or worse, as easy punchlines. But there's more to Ernest than that, and this documentary film will guide viewers through the entire Ernest epoch epic, boy, words are hard today, to examine the shelf life of a phenomenon. And so, uh, you know, if you want to get your hands on it, uh, you could get the digital photo pack for $15. You can get uh, the PDF book download for $25 or the digital documentary download for $35. Tony, the uh, importance of being earnest documentary, something you're investing in? Uh. Know what I mean, Vern? Like, uh, number one, um, never thought Ernest P. Worrell was funny. He's very annoying as a kid. Found him to be <laughs> quite annoying. Although I did like him as Slinky Dog. Yeah. Like, I liked him being the voice of Slinky Dog at Toy Story, um, the original one. I think he was in one and two, and then he passed away, I believe. But you don't appreciate but, uh, that he saved Christmas or that he went to camp or... I think he saved no. Halloween at some point, too. No, but you know what? In Ernest Goes to Camp, you know, one of my things I remember him fighting with was a turtle. I like turtles. And anytime <laughs> I can play that time, I like turtles. I'll take advantage of it. But as far as investing in it, you know, God rest his soul. But no, thank you. I'm out. I think it's. And a, I don't think today's uh, modern age would even know who the hell Ernest P. Worrell is. Yeah, I think for people of our age who actually loved and, and endeared him, this could be a great documentary. And uh, I always love seeing behind the scenes and, and things about uh, you know people who've sort of fallen out of the limelight. Even though Ernest probably isn't the best subject, you know, when it comes to it. But you know, there, there's an Didn't audience for everyone. Didn't just start out as a, it was supposed to be just a commercial, right? That's exactly it. it yeah. Like, that's all it was. Like, he was a, a spokesperson. And then, you know, all of a sudden, that character became a, it was some crappy-ass movies and stuff. Exactly. But uh, in any case, if you want to invest in this or any of the uh, Kickstarter gadgets or projects that uh, we talked about today, I will be posting them on our Facebook page for you guys to check out. Invest in if you'd like. But uh, that does it for another edition of The Phoenix Tank.
When we come back, we're headed into the final segment of the show. It is time for This Day in History. So don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys in just a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. We've made it to the final segment of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. If you missed a portion of the show, you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Welcome to your doom. The Doom Slayer. <laughs> I'll take that as a no. Yeah, yeah, we'll take that as a no. Tonight at 11. Doom! <laughs> While you're there, folks, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Like, subscribe, spread us around, put melons on Mars, and like our show and share us. Exactly. Well, folks, as we do at the end of each show, we like to drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, kicking things off this day in 68... Yes, just 68. Roman Emperor Nero commits suicide, imploring his secretary, Epaphroditus, to slit his throat to evade a Senate-imposed death by flogging. Technically, is it suicide if uh, somebody else kills you? Yeah, like, that's not suicide at all. Um, And on top of that, if he would have just lived one more year, he could have made it to 69. Just saying. I know, I know. It would have been nice. It's probably so close. (laughs) Speaking of that... Kind of year. This day in 1869, Charles E. Hires sells his first root beer in Philadelphia. Uh, you would have assumed it would be like Charles E. Mug or Charles E. Yeah. A&W or Charles E. Bark, but uh, no. Yeah. Or it'd be Albert Einstein Waterburton what? AEW. No, <laughs> oh. I, uh, <laughs> just trying to come up with just some random stuff to be uh, a... A and W, but you know, you can't have and. I guess it could be A A W, but B. I guess it looks like an A E W, right? Like the logo. It's, it's not the and. It's not the wrestling association tone. Yeah, no, no, I know. <laughs> Let's move on. This day in 1891, French painter Paul Gauguin arrives in Papiti, Tahiti. And uh, I think he was an impressionist painter. And again, I've seen better paintings, but somehow this guy's famous. This is my painting from Gagan. He's my hilarious friend, and he paints these wonderful pictures. This is Paul Gagan. Hi, Paul. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1899. American boxer J. Jonah James, I mean James J. Jeffries, knocks out defending champion Bob Fitzsimmons of England in the 11th round in Brooklyn, New York, to win the lineal world heavyweight title. I don't know what the lineal... Down goes Fitzsimmons. 
All I know now is that there are like a thousand different belts, so you can be the heavyweight uh, champion of like 18 different leagues and combine them all together. Make it just one champion for one the different title. weight classes. I am the champion of the allies of the world. It's a new title I invented. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1914. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but uh, Pittsburgh Pirate baseball shortstop Honus Wagner is the second player to get 3,000 hits. And based on this picture, you think they could have made him a slightly larger hat. Guy's got a giant yeah. melon and a tiny a hat big, on there. Yeah, guy's a big ass dude, man. Like he just looks like a grown ass man with a little kid cap. Yeah, <laughs> you, you put a propeller on the top of it, and it uh, would be quite complete. It would. You can find him in Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> well, let's move on. This day in 1930, the Chicago Tribune, Tribune reporter Jake Lingle is killed during rush hour at the Illinois Central train station by the Leo Vincent brothers, allegedly over a hundred thousand dollars gambling debt. Ode to Al Capone. Fatality. See, when you mess with Capone, you get the deets. You know what I mean? You're sleeping with the fishes there, Lingle. You son of a bitch. He definitely got the Chicago overcoat. Yep, sure did. In Chicago, man. Still uh, still the shooting capital of the world, it seems like. That would, be a, that would be a fun words are hard to uh, re-explore is the old-timey lingo. Yeah, we did that. We haven't done that in a long time. We did time. that early we used to on. Do the old yeah. timey segment. Yeah. Back in the early days of the show. Yep. Well, let's keep rolling on with this day in history. This day in 1931, the first rocket powered aircraft design patented by Robert Goddard. Again, would not be one of, one of the first people to test out the very first rockets because uh, they were probably pretty prone to explode. Maybe the chicken stone was inspired by Goddard's big powered rocket. There you go. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it's pointing up to the sky, kids. Pointing up to the sky. Moving on back to uh, the world of boxing. This day in 1946, Joe Lewis knocks out Billy Kahn in eight for the heavyweight boxing title. Down goes Khan for the ally title. That is now the winner of Joe Lewis's title. And that made no sense, but down goes Khan in eight. <laughs> I thought you were going to go for the Star Trek reference. Khan! Khan! I didn't even think of that. There you go. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1953, Milton Berle's TV show Texaco Star Theater last airs on NBC TV. Now, we talked about him first appearing on it yesterday. I hope it wasn't the same year, because that'd be a very short-lived show. Hello, everybody. I'm Milton Burrell, and this is the Texaco Star Theater. It's going to be a great season. We've got a lot of guests lined up. It's going to be a great show. 24 hours later. Hi, everybody. It's Milton Burrell again, and this is the second episode of the Texas Star Theater. And I want you to know, this is our last episode. We could not book a goddamn guest, so uh, we are canceled. And we are not coming back. But thank you, everybody. I'm Milton Berle. Check out my big-ass teeth and my huge-ass slum. <laughs> Texaco, I name it. Texaco. Yeah, the uh, show didn't last quite as long as this giant member, so. Yeah, yeah. He was a member of the Texaco Club. <laughs> Let's move on. This day in 1962, Tony Bennett debuts in concert at Carnegie Hall in New York City. It's funny. He came up in conversation the other day, and we were saying, there's no way Tony Bennett's still alive. He's still alive. I think he's like 92, 93 years old at this point. Damn. Yeah. Well, when your name's Tony, man, you're like an Iron Man. You just go, go, go. There you man. go. Good name. Good stuff. Great singer, too. Yeah, yeah. Classic, yeah. You know who's not a great singer? This next guy. 
This day in 1970, Bob Dylan gave an honorary doctorate of music at Princeton University. I'm so honored to get this award. You know, it's funny. As people that listen to the show, somebody's got to like him, though. Somebody, great songwriter, fantastic songwriter. Let other people play your music. Just don't sing, please. It's kind of like Dave Mustaine. Great, you know, writes great music, has pretty decent lyrics. Insists on being the singer. (laughs) Let's keep rolling on in the world of music. This day in 1972, Bruce Springsteen signs a record deal with Columbia. Again, uh, not a huge Springsteen fan. I think uh, his music's overrated. Probably still a better songwriter than a singer as well. Christian, I can't believe you skipped the Paul McCartney from my Bad Beatles thing. I have no Springsteen accent. <laughs> I, figured, than, I figured our listeners get a pl- get plenty of uh, McCartney on a daily basis. Uh, yeah. Probably okay. Just, that's okay because the accent is really bad. <laughs> Let's keep rolling on this day in 1978. Johannes Gutenberg's Bible, the first book produced using the printing press, one of 21 complete versions, sells for $2.4 million in London. And of course, uh, you know, we talked about uh, last week, the Gutenberg Project, which is a free resource for online books. Obviously, this is where that got that's its name from. Hmm. I wonder if that's where uh, Steve Gutenberg got his name from. Probably. You know, it's yeah. it's the first the printing Gutenberg press Bible. compared to the yeah. Police Academy series. What more could you ask yeah. for? <clears throat> yeah, you could ask for three men and a baby is what you could ask for. There you go. Or maybe a li- three men and a little lady. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on this day in 1988, comedian Richard Pryor suffers burns from free basing cocaine <laughs> in a hotel room, which I'm sure he had to pay for the damages for. I don't even know if that's how he talks, but today that's how he talks. I don't even know if that's true, if cocaine becomes methamphetamines, because uh, that's not exactly in my realm of knowledge. So, Yeah, I, I don't know. Speaking of hospitalizations this day in 1990, Michael Jackson is hospitalized with inflamed rib cartilage. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't either. <laughs> hey, Bubbles. Bubbles, my, rib, my ribs hurt. I think it's McRib. <laughs> Definitely McRib, Bubbles. Uh, moving on this day in 2013, Edward Snowden publicly makes his identity known as the leader of NSA documents. He's still hiding out somewhere, right? Uh, he must be. Snowden, hello. <laughs> you will never find me. Oh, and then let's see. Uh, finally, here in this day in history, this day, uh, 2019, the 73rd Tony Awards, Hadestown Best Musical, The Ferryman Best Play, and Brian Cranston is uh, Best actor best performer i don't know what yeah. it is for the tonys but i didn't Wal- realize walter, he was a stage walter white won a tony and you know what the best awards are out there the, tony the tonys <laughs> yep you love if those you mus- a, musicals you, don't you can win, yeah i like them because they're big they're iron you know they last a long time it's a good yeah. name and it's finally so folks you an award show before we head out for the day let's run down some of today's holidays <laughs> Where we talk about the things that we like to celebrate. For instance, today is Donald Duck Day. I'm surprised there wasn't something talking about uh, the first appearance of Donald Duck, because I assume... I can't do it today. Yeah, that's all right. Normally I can. Today is National Earl Day. 
I guess if your name is uh, Earl. The Earl of Simp, yeah. It is National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day. Yum. Hold the I rhubarb. Like it is World APS Day. I'm not even going to try and pronounce what that syndrome is. And then finally, it is Writer's Rights Day. So if you're a writer, you've got rights. Folks, that does it for today's episode. We will be back tomorrow on Thursday with Florida Man. We'll see you all tomorrow. Go Nuggets!